You're listening to the Be Business Ready podcast. Join EEF's consultants and industry experts as they share ideas and tips for improving productivity and growing your manufacturing business. Welcome to the EEF Be Business Ready podcast. This is the fifth and final podcast in our Workplace of the Future series in partnership with Oracle. We'll be talking about the upskilling and new skills manufacturers will have to plan for to improve productivity as part of the fourth industrial revolution, or 4IR. I'm Caitlin Carpenter, and today I'm joined by EEF's 4IR expert, Martin Strutt, and Oracle's Vikram Singla. When we're thinking about the current UK manufacturing workforce, what are some of the key upskilling goals for manufacturers wanting to move forward with 4IR? I think one of the, the key challenges for me is the upskilling of the existing workforce. I think a lot of time and efforts going into focus on STEM subjects and apprenticeships and making sure young people coming into the workforce with better skills for the future. And, and I'm not saying we're doing enough, there's always more that we can do in that area. But I think that um, I think there's a bigger issue probably with people already in work. And we have something of a generational gap where younger people are naturally more comfortable with some of the, the new technologies and digital applications. Older people in the workforce are perhaps a little more resistant to change, not saying they won't do it, and you know, we've all got used to using iPhones, but I think we're perhaps a bit slower to use it. And I think what we need to do is to try and work out how we get the, the, the generations working together within the business so that the people, that the young people coming in with lots of new ideas, we marry that, that passion and enthusiasm with the expertise and the business understanding that more senior people have in an organization. In, in the past, you had a product, you would ship the product, and that would be the end of it. But nowadays, if you're delivering a service, whether it's a subscription service, uh, or, or you know, like tires on a per, per mile usage basis, your revenue model and your profitability is linked to different teams coming together so that the service always works for them customer because if it does not work the impact is extremely high nowadays and to deliver that service different functions can't just say this is my role this is my role they all need to think okay the cross-functional team will make sure that different deep skill sets work together to deliver a single meaningful experience for the customers. So Mel, as Head of Learning and Development at EEF, how would you advise UK manufacturing leaders on how to get their workforce on board with cultural and workplace changes coming with 4IR? One thing that I would always say to employers is if you're grouping individuals together, um, then do it as an individual group. So if you've got cohorts of manufacturing, people in manufacturing, then what you tend to do is go role-specific. But then what you want to do as an employer is drill down as to what skill set they have, so from a training needs analysis perspective, um, skills gap perspective, and then actually when you're working with the individuals, whether it be the HR department or the training uh, development individual, is actually look at um, what skills you're hoping to embed into the culture of the business, but also where you want to be as a business. So your business strategy as a whole um, should oversee what you're trying to produce, also where your skills gap are and how then you communicate that to staff so that it looks 
to the staff and feels to the staff that you're actually investing in them. One thing that employers don't always do is communicate why they're implementing changes and sometimes staff are the best resource for that knowledge. It's about actually having that discussion with the staff in the first place. And if there's cultural changes and behavioural changes, which is something that our particular business unit deals with, it's getting the staff on board and actually looking at what they want out of their job role. And sometimes the greatest ideas come from shop floor level to director level. We are in an industry where a lot of our directors have probably been apprentices, so it is always good to have their input from the start. As you're talking to manufacturers and helping them develop training plans for their workforce, what trends or concerns are you hearing from them? I think definitely skills gaps within engineering and manufacturing, but that's not always technical. Again, it can be cultural, it can be behavioural, it can be um, knowledge. Um, and we hear a lot about young people not being ready for work. Essentially, they may not be ready for work, but what can we do as an employer to provide them with that information? And a lot of that might come from performance management. Uh, we have to allocate time to our employees, um, whatever the skills gap is, and then bring in the provision that we feel that they need for the business. In EEF's research, we found that manufacturers feel that there's a big skills gap when it comes to recruiting new workers who have the skills they need. How can manufacturers fill this gap quickly by retraining their existing workforce? I think there's several um, ways to do that. Um, Again, skills gap analysis of what current skills have you got in in the business and how robust is that. A lot of shining lights do go unnoticed and because they go unnoticed they tend not to or employees will tend not to retain those staff. So it's again the constant communication and what employee networks have you got in place to ascertain the skills. Um, I think we've also got the provision that is available is the provision fit for purpose. We've also got internal training that can also be attained. Training budgets uh, are always generally one of the things that aren't the focus of a business because it's a cost-saving exercise, but in turn, what employers tend to find is then, um, because of cost cuts um, and because that provision hasn't been made available, they're then finding four or five years down the line that actually there is a gap there. But succession planning, any good business, however big or however small, uh, will hopefully have succession planning in place. That apprentice that we employ, we will hopefully employ them to be the next director, to be the next CEO, to be the next stakeholder within our business. So what are some of the important training courses or types of training manufacturers should look for when they're ensuring their workforce is up to the quality that they need for competing with 4IR? If I was working with any employer, it would be what is the business strategy? What is the business plan for the next five to ten years? What do they want to work towards where do they want to be what pound signs or dollar signs do they see in the next five years what growth are they wanting uh, and with that then drill down to the the finite detail of how do we get there and how do we get there will be a lot of different things so training courses for your middle managers can be anything from having your own health and safety consultant within the business 
it can be to making sure that you recruit every five years 10 apprentices because you know that in the next 10 years those 10 apprentices are going to be your shop floor supervisors, they're going to go on to HNC, HND, degree levels, um, but then also um, you want to have managers that are able not only to focus on the business but the people and that's where I would say the investment in people skills because what can happen is you get businesses that thrive on the income that they're generating but forget that actually the culture and the behaviour isn't moving along in line with that. So are there ways that technology can help fill the skills gap? Methods of training and learning and development these days are developing all the time or evolving all the time. So we're seeing much greater use of e-learning, which is, uh, enables people to, to study and learn at a time when it's convenient for them, when they've got a gap in other things that they're doing. We're seeing lots of things around um, use of augmented reality, for example, and using that to, to train people. We had a demonstration um, the other week in, in our tech hub, a company that, was, um, that provides augmented reality uh, welding training, for example. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with the Martin. I think technology can absolutely help. So I think key again is to have this mindset that continuous learning is absolutely critical. So within Oracle as well, with our shift, we actually now, you know, there's a big focus on continuous learning. We have productivity teams that never existed before because everything is changing at such a pace, whether it's the tools, whether it's the skills, soft skills and so on. You absolutely need to have that continuous skill uh, upskilling approach and technology is there to, uh, to support. Yeah, yeah if I, I, I'll just come back and support uh, Vikram on that point about continuous learning because if I, if I look at what our apprentices are learning in the, the tech hub at the moment, we're, we're training them on 3D printing, which is terrific, but in 20 years, there'll be, or 10 years, there'll be something new that we can't possibly have been teaching them about now. And so we have to get into a mindset of con continual um, con continual learning because I think that's the feature of this fourth industrial revolution that sets it apart from the previous three is the pace of change. We're going to see a lot more new things come along so during your working career you're going to have to learn a lot more skills along the way. If you were giving advice to a training manager or a leader at a company about how they could train their workforce to work with some of these new robots or new technologies that are out there, what advice would you give them? Well, I'd suggest that you actually got them involved in programming the robots in the first place. So, in other words, um, the, 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 not only are robots getting uh, smaller, cheaper, and you're able to work alongside them, but they're also getting easier to program. So, you can actually get, you don't have to be someone trained for many years in computer programming languages to program a robot now. You can actually train them by you know, showing them the job and, and move, stepping them through it. So I'd get more and more people involved in actually programming the robots in the first place because it shows them that they can't do the job unless someone's shown them how to do it in the first place. And it also just gets them more familiar with the whole technology and it gives them a sort of feeling of control over the, over the, the technology and they're not being driven by the technology. So my answer to, to a lot of these kinds of issues is about inclusiveness and getting people involved, actively involved, hands-on on these projects. Yeah, and just to add to Martin's point, I think key is where people see this as as helping them rather than competing them. Because I think if you have that fear, then it's it, that's a wrong example question. So I think we need to see 
all the you know uh, automation equipment whether it's hardware or whether it's software i think you really need to see them as tools helping you skills is certainly paramount in ensuring the greater productivity and the adoption of new skills in order to remain competitive and future focused to listen to our past be business ready podcasts and access our white papers and other resources visit eef.org.uk thanks for listening You're listening to the Be Business Ready podcast. Join EEF's consultants and industry experts as they share ideas and tips for improving productivity and growing your manufacturing business.